Hi, I'm a white gay who confidently uses the word pedigree over and over again on a diversity and inclusion panel. It's Condé Nasty. Hi, I will also be opting to not reprise my role in the forthcoming Sex and the City reboot. They're just going to have to get someone else to fluff Stanford. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hey, Ursula, how are you doing? I'm good. Second cup of coffee. Finally awake. I actually am trying to under-caffeinate myself this time and see how it goes. Oh god, you're gonna be such a bitch by the end of this. <laughs> I feel like I am the personality type that's so over-caffeinated themselves that it, like, strangely has a reverse effect and is headache-causing, so there is a little bit of, honey, maybe detoxing would serve you well. <laughs> um, and you're gonna just have to suffer through those pains right now. Don't I always... <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, so we are here to discuss and recap uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13, Episode 3. And I have to tell you, my husband bought a brand new big screen television. And he is a he's a tech guy. He's a programmer and a gamer. And he cares about these things. And I paid no attention. Both of our TVs were over 15 years old. And required that you stand up and gently put one finger behind them and push the button just the right way the you know much like opening a bottom up yeah Uh, if you push too hard it it won't work quite the right way um so we have this big television that i know many people care a great deal about the stats of their tv and I, i was very sure get whatever you want i have to tell you sitting and watching this episode I was like a straight guy watching like a, a football episode or a, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> a football game. Please no, you, keep there are episodes of football. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're right. Um, I was like a straight guy watching a football game. I was like, this is like being at the real thing. Like I felt, of course, of course, this is me. This is like where this TV started to matter and mean anything to me. I felt like I was at a live drag show while watching this which made me feel a sense of normalcy I have obviously not felt in a year now. And it was very exciting. Um, So yeah. Anyways, uh, I guess we'll just get started at the top. The, the, uh, I guess, what are they calling them? The winner's circle that, that we still think we're actually the loser circle comes in after everything and they're all, uh, relaxed and excited that nobody went home it's clear that got milk and candy muse were sure they were going to lip sync against each other and cried and untuck and then didn't have to lip sync against one another um do you have any thoughts on that or do we want to get into the b squad no other than registering mild annoyance at the winner circle thing like come on, come on like it's a it was fun for the audience to watch those lip syncs but you can't really invest in those as some kind of like even if I agreed with all of the winner-loser decisions, I think it would be pretty pointless to hyper-invest in what those distinctions mean 15 minutes into the game. Come yeah, on. I do think in some way it's about, like, rah-rah um, team solidarity for the, like, seven-sister sisterhood they've formed, more so than it's, like, an actual inflated sense of self. But also, like, if that's how you're verbalizing it, not cute. Yeah, you Viewers want a, you want a very interesting minigame, but you want a minigame. Slow your roll. And all, and most of us are like, I think they gave, I think all of these are the reverse. I was truly expecting a gag at the top of episode two. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um. All right. So then, so then the B squad comes into the workroom and Denali 
uh, pronounces that the trade of the season is definitely on that team. And she's not wrong. She's not. I mean, I'm gonna say if we're if we're looking at averages, I'm gonna say I, I valid point. Lots of trade this season though. Um, and Joey J is being adorable again. I'm excited for him as a contestant. Yeah, and so then they get announced their mini challenge, which is a very a la season seven maxi challenge of a Lady and the Vamp runway. Which is, which is distinct from night and day runways last week for reasons. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little like, I don't know if you guys need to like figure out a way to give the same prompt, but like make it sound slightly different. I don't, like I'm a little like, like I would have been fine had they just said you this is a day and night runway it's fine it, I move it's fine and it is very clear that Kimora Hall really doesn't do drag very very often and takes forever to put on her face so it was very funny to watch her be like it's like a meditative process it's like a spiritual meditative process and rushing to get ready but um, I digress. All right, so what did you think of... We start off right away with this runway with Denali's day look, which is very um, very blue floral, like ice blue floral, and then a very bizarre blonde wig that almost looks like a platinum wig that she then sprayed something on the curls of. Like, there's, like, a coloring consistency. I fucking hated the wig, um, but I liked the dress, but I was... Very distracted by that wig. I didn't mind the wig. I wasn't... I needed a bigger bust and a bigger skirt or a smaller waist. It just... It, the fit looks a little weird. And her tights are sagging. I caught that in the close-ups with my HD television where it's like, yep, I see a bunch of creases in those in those tights, ma'am. This is what being friends with you for 20 years has done to me. It's made me this kind of picky bitch. You're not wrong. You're right. Her t- Her tights are visibly sagging which um, is which is shocking for an ice skater who must have a trillion pairs of tights oh they're really torn one of them is like really like there's a rip in inside her right leg that is huge yeah see it's very strange moving on uh joey jay's was this this says neither daytime nor lady Whatever the whatever the prompt was, this was this was what was in Joey J's suitcase, and that is what she wore. Joey J is from Arizona, so you want to make a joke about a red state? This is the right forum. <laughs> I mean, Arizona is a weird like colony of America within America in its own weird way. Um, but I'm just gonna say the taste level expectations that I have for somebody from Arizona. <laughs> and what constitutes day and night. Like, I think this is a lot closer to day in her part of the world than is ours. Okay. You're you're not wrong. I'm just, a, I, I think I am a little like, well, she's from Arizona about any like bad taste choice, um, which might be me being a snob, but I just want to get into the short hair now. I think yeah. it works sometimes, but it is clearly like, I feel like it's like the type of woman who wears, who has a haircut that's very much a man's haircut, but is, like, so feminine in other ways that she pulls it off. Like, it's a fun look some of the time. It does... It does feel like a lot of her looks could be elevated by a wig. 
And then other time, other looks, I think it's probably the best hair. Oh yeah, I think there are two of the four looks she wears it where it works like gangbusters, and then two where it doesn't. And my two problems are just what the repetition. And when she turns around, it's really obvious. Like that cut. Uh, if a woman got that cut, it would be tapered differently. I agree. So that is just the back of a boy's haircut, and it's like really like. I, I've had enough high and tights in my life to know exactly how a barber will, you know, smooth that Tate out. It. And, it, yeah. and it looked like you just look at that and go that, yeah, that, that's a boy. Um, which if that were the intended look, it worked, but it's one of those, it just, you want to use your natural hair, but your natural hair doesn't suit itself outside of very narrow range of, of drag looks. So yeah, that's my only real issue with the hair. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, and then we have Rosé's look. What did you think of Rosé's daytime look? Didn't love it. Didn't hate it. I appreciate, there's a lot to like here. I like the, like the color palette and the shape. I don't, I don't like this wig. Um, but I don't know. There's something, it's less than the sum of its parts somehow. And I feel bitchy saying it, but I get what she's going for. And may, maybe it was like the hokiness of the R with the Rosé on the, on the butt of the dress. I don't know. Somehow... This doesn't land. I, I, is it sophistication? Is, is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. There's, I feel like there's a good idea here. It just wasn't executed as tightly as it could have been. And I'm struggling to articulate precisely why. It's just what it makes me feel. Okay. So I am so thrilled to hear you say all of that because it, it definitely plays off of my feelings, which are, and I am going to be bitchy here. I feel like I should like Rosé. I feel like I see a lot of what she's doing, both with her looks and her performance and her presence on stage. And I feel like she's got so much going for her and I should like this dress and this look should have an impact that like wows me. And I just feel like, and I hate to say it, I just feel like she doesn't have star quality or stage presence despite having so much of the technicals down. And to me, this was a look where it was like, I feel like if I saw detox in this, I would feel something. Yeah. And I don't feel anything. And I, that is kind of crazy to me. Like I, I conceptually like this look a lot and it made, it had like no impact on me. And I know if I saw detox in this, I'd be like gagged, which tells me, I don't yeah. like there's it's like what Simone has, Rose definitely does not have. Yeah, for yeah, me please. At this point. Simone in this would be killer. Like I know, and that's the thing. And I feel I feel bad for feeling this yeah, way, but I yeah. just feel like she does not have star quality. Yeah. I also I read that she was um she's Scottish and she moved to the US when she was ten. Huh. Yeah. Anyways. Basically makes her the lead character in succession. That's fascinating. Isn't um, it? Yeah. Next we have uh, Tamisha. Is it Tamisha Amon? Yeah. What did you think of her look? I loved it. Um, it's there's something about the way she it, perf, like interprets and performs pageant that makes me so happy. I don't know. There's it, it's obviously in the history of the show. There's definitely a trend of rewarding like you know the polished, pretty 
fashionable queen, but there's also like a kind of looking down your nose at pageant queens specifically. And I talked about this and in the, older queens and older queens, and that, that's I, which I, I really dislike. Yeah. So, and, and the thing is, for a lot of these older queens, and the, we talked about this in the premiere, where it's like, you know, Coco Montrese came in with a huge chip on her shoulder, and it was frankly disabling in her ability to perform. And I get none of that from Tamisha Ahmad. There's just like a comfort and a celebration of pageant and pageantry that when I looked at this, I'm like, this is just so pretty and perfect and that color is amazing and the flow is gorgeous like i just want i want to turn this look into a lotion and then rub it into my face i just is it the is it the most staggering like revolutionary look i've ever seen nope but it's just one of those i could just be happy at this all day yeah no for sure for sure and i like the joan crawford reference um yeah. it's very fun it's perfectly tailored she knows exactly what she is doing yeah I um, I also feel like on this show there tends to be like a if you are older then whatever you do is like old and has been done, and I feel very like the ageism on this show. Yeah. Both of the other contestants and sometimes a little bit of the judges. It's like, you know, so much of fashion is like recycling the old and making it feel new and fresh again. Yeah, and I feel like there's this presumptuous attitude of like. When Aquaria does it, it's young and innovative. But if you had, like, the oldest girl in the cast do it, it would be, like, not received or talked about in those terms, which I do not like. Yeah, a 19-year-old can wear 80s looks, and it's like, ooh. But if I lived through the 80s for real, now it's dead. Like, yes. Yeah, for all of the looking down on pageant, when Tamisha does it, it's like, oh, this is why pageant is in, like, the foundational DNA of drag. This is why we did it. And it's gorgeous. I also feel like I don't want the attitude of the show, the viewers, young gays in general, to be like, she's older, so this is something she's done a thousand times. Because it is entirely possible that over the course of this show, we see her use fabrics and make silhouettes and designs, ideas that we've never seen her do before. Because, like... In both sides of my family, almost everybody lives to about 90. Like... This woman is 49 years old. Like she still has a, a whole life to live and a lot of creativity. And I don't, I don't like that the show tends to write off older people as just repeating something they've done for 30 years. I think this is gorgeous. I think that's a problem with society in general where, and I think it's because if the queen is in her forties, she's like two cycles older than the current. And you have to be like three cycles older for it to become hip again. It's like, it's like uh, how every, speaking of gays who've done it a thousand times, mid-century modern, you know, it's one of those like, um, the best way I ever heard it put is like, your grandma's name sounds old, your great-grandma's name sounds pretty, and that's yes. the cycle of when the name comes back into use. That fourth generation remove doesn't make it sound old, it just sounds pretty and uh, like from another era. And like, I always, I think that's the problem for the older queens. They're like not far enough from the modern era to be back when things are like, fun and hip again it's and, yeah. and it's and you're right it's unfortunate because she's so not like there's just a light that is obviously inside of her that is nice to be around i agree and especially here as uh, on december 48th 2020 that's a lovely thing to have i agree uh with all of that i also love that you made the the your great grandmother's name comment i i have said that and was just about to say and i was like is she quoting me back to me i'm an icon i'm a legend uh, you're, you're a model you're linda evangelista all of these things okay, okay. and then uh who's up next 
Utica. Uh, I I have a similar like I think Utica has star quality. I think there is something very compelling about Utica. I think without without using the the the, the other dreaded c word. I think this could have been executed with a little more polish. Those balls were dangling a little too hard to the point that it did look, well, did you just like hot glue those? Like there's, there's like a case study to be made in why this kind of doesn't work, but GG Good's interpretation of it last season really does. Like there's a, I like her. I like the ideas behind this. It is an interpretation of the challenge that is a thousand percent on brand. But you took the balls out. Like, I can smell the, like, B.O. in the ball pit that of the Chuck E. Cheese that you got these from. It's like, it's just, it, it's not quite there. It's almost there. Okay. Look, I, the thing is, the colors of the balls really do work with the dress. Yeah. I'm not going to compare it to Gigi's Goods because Gigi Goods was way more editorial. This yeah. is like intended to be goofy. Apples and oranges. Fair enough. To me. Fair enough. But um, I think for her brand and like the sort of wacky otherworldly character that is Utica, this makes sense. It's cohesive. The dress fits her well. The color palette is consistent. Um, it's fun and weird and it like creates another world that has another visual language to it and lines to it where there's like bubbles around things that like as a look in and of itself, it works. It's fun and wacky. And I completely agree with you. She has stage presence for sure. She knows exactly how to perform Utica as this sort of quirky otherworldly character. I'm not going to say it's my favorite look. I think it has a specific POV that I'm still acclimating to. Yeah. Um, and it fits neatly within that. Totally. I don't know. It's a little like Max season seven really knew how to do Max, whether or not the judges were receiving that. Like, yeah. he knew who Max was. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, and then rounding out the first round, Hamora's look, I mean, I, I, I'm reaching into the future for this criticism, but yeah, it's a, the dress is wearing her. It is a beautiful look, but it is, just a well, it, and it, it, let me be clear, perfectly executed piece of fashion, but there's nothing else going on there yet. So I'm hoping she kind of comes into herself to breathe a little life into a look that is on paper staggering. It just doesn't have that performance quality. Going with I don't yet. think the dress is wearing her, but, and I think she's beautiful and to wear something so beautiful and elegant with such a beautiful and elegant fascinator that is so monochromatically white and still be able to have visual impact on the stage you really have to be a beautiful woman and there is something like daytime the british royals having tea about this yeah that is lovely and elegant um i don't think the dress is wearing her but i also think she doesn't have stage presence because it does seem like she's been a drag queen for about a decade but one who's done like two gigs a month for like a decade without ever really investing or having other stage performance experience. Yeah. So she's just like gorgeous and lip syncs and she's like at the strip club, she's the face girl and that's enough for her to get those tips. This isn't her like day job. Right. And I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm excited that this season has some Queens where it's like, I'm really not a performer 
but here are the things that I have that are, like, good. Because I do feel like the show tries to... I mean, it's more interesting when you've got the amateur against the old professional a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. But I would never... I would never say that the dress is wearing Kimura. Kimura okay. is a great model. But we need... You need more than that in a drag performer. Wow, it took me a long way to get somewhere where I could counter your the dress is wearing her statement. Because I strongly disagreed with that. Okay. Uh, all right, so now uh, we're getting into the night looks, the vampy looks. Denali's look from the neck up is perfection, and from the neck down was a okay, like like oh a sheer bustle skirt over uh, over the structure of a bustle skirt, groundbreaking. Like I don't know, just, maybe it's just me. I, I'm I'm not enamored of like this big hoop skirt where the whole thing is sheer. I don't know. Maybe maybe I've seen one too many Madonna videos with it over the course of my 400 years on this earth that it, I don't know. It, it doesn't do anything for me anymore. <laughs> okay. Um, I, your sentiment is one that many people have expressed. I always like it, but I know that it's not revolutionary. It's a fun look. And I think particularly when it's lady and the vamp, it's actually a good choice. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, mean, I do agree that it's, it's the kind of thing that has been um, done a lot. Yeah, and, I'll, and again, neck up, gorgeous. So, I mean, I'm shading it, but not, not, not with any, any real vigor. I really liked Joey J's vamp look, and I think had the daytime look not been the identical silhouette, I would have really fallen out. Like if she had worn something really different for the daytime look, and then come out in this for vamp with her real hair, I would have been like, ooh. But it the 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 shape the fact that I was seeing pretty much exactly the same silhouette just rendered in a couple of different colors kind of made me go oh like this this was the first time I should have seen this hair and this silhouette because it does work really well for itself. It you know this is so minimal and this can be so amateur drag, but it just it really works. Yeah. Like it all comes together and it works. So well. I also loved her joking, like, that she can't beat you up, but she can look, she looks like she can beat you up. Um, I love how unapologetically Joey J is like, I am an effete basic gay, and I'm like, I own that about myself. Um, and I love the necklace. It does have very dumb vibes. I, I love that your relationship with Joey J is like the stray who keeps coming to your, like, you've just adopted Joey J and want to protect her. I think it's very cute. <laughs> In many ways, yes. And also, I do feel like there are so many basic gays. I'm a simple gal gays out there who don't own it, and I find Joey J owning it so refreshing. I did not like Rosé's nighttime look. Like, kind of at all. I think the the bustle and the... I mean, the, it, it's unfortunate she's in the second bustle. That's always going to be a weird place to be. But the bustle and the hat have nothing to do with the bodice and the boots to me. Like, this doesn't really cohere as a look. And there's nothing, maybe it's because it's like a dark runway with the dark hat, but like, you covered your, you made your face hard to see. And if you're going to do that, there has to be something more there than like a black grill for me. Like, I, it's just like, none of these feel like, real choices where there was like a real idea under them it's just structural stuff and it just i do not like this look i this is so bitchy i don't mean to be bitchy but i know it's bitchy this is my favorite look i've seen of rose thus far and i think that she's a little bit dead in the eyes 
such that this look that has high visual impact on the stage and I don't see her dead eyes. Mm-hmm. It's the most impactful thing I've seen her huh. wear. And I think it's because it is visually impactful in many of the choices that have been made. As you noted, it's a lot of structural elements. It's not my favorite. I do like it. I do think it's weird that it's my favorite of hers. Huh. Interesting. And I think it's a little because she looks a little... Even when she's smiling, it's like... It feels like somebody told somebody to smile for a picture. I don't know. Okay. I, no, I, I see it. I got him such a bitch. Okay. Well, talking about gays owning who they are, I mean, come on. Tamisha's hair look, like, I, it, it had movement. It's, like, for what it is, it's perfectly executed. I don't dislike it. It's not like I think it's bad in any way. But it's, it. this felt closer to the, oh, I'm just, do, I'm just doing a thing I've done a thousand times, could do it in my sleep and do it without any error. But it's not... This doesn't set me on. I don't like fall out over this the way I did the fuchsia look, but it's it's fine. It meets the brief. It's perfectly executed. Uh, at, at least this is at least adequate. But I don't think it's much more than adequate. It meets the brief. Rue loves Elvira, so it's like a fun reference to yeah. make. The hair is obviously, you know, intentionally very Elvira esque. I think it's a fun choice. I like it. It's not gagging me. Yeah, yeah. but I like no, it. That's where I am. Yeah. Uh, so up next is Kimora, um, who I hope got here on time. Um, I like this spine. There's something about the wig that isn't working for me. Like, I, th- I forget who it was that said it, uh, but it was like, was she going for a wet look and then it just dried out during filming? Like, there's something a little off about that hair that is yes. not doing it for me. But other I than that, this is a perfectly perfectly executed look. Um just the way, like, the wig, I think, is supposed to be the piece of visual interest that makes it a cohesive thing, and whatever happened to that wig is not doing, so it's not doing the lifting it's supposed to be, I think. Okay. I have to say that what stands out to me about this, and this is me, again, countering your, yeah. the dress is wearing her comment, it is so simple, so little is happening here, and the problem with her red wig happened. Like, it is, like, in that... It, I tried to go for a slick back look, but it dried too quickly, so it just sort of looks messy. And the terrifying thing is she still completely pulls this off in a way that a lot of other girls who added a lot more creativity to this had way less impact on the stage. And and this is, like, I should be like, bitch, what are you doing? Do you know know where you are? But instead, she totally pulls it off, which is just very impressive to me. Okay, and then rounding it out is Utica, and I I really like this. This this made me feel the way you know like Crystal Method or um, Max or Milk. Like there's something about this like weird Tim Burton version of Elizabeth, like Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth, that, yeah. It, like yeah, it works. It somehow it all works. Like and Ross's satellite dish joke, or was it Rue's satellite dish joke? Just fucking kill me. Um, but somehow, yeah, that's really, there's something so weird and impactful but specific about it that, and, and underscored by Utica's performing ability uh, and some sickening makeup, like that detail around her eyes are are really good. There's, so yeah, there's, this is just so weird but also feels very of a piece that I really like this. Um, me too. And it all, it all makes sense. 
in its own way and yeah. feels like both Queen Elizabeth I and Utica's Day look. Like, yeah, it's yeah. really this middle ground. Yeah, those balls, like, under the black mesh that are still a little bit shiny, enough to, like, register a little color value, but not full focus. Like, there's, yeah, there's some, there's some, there is an eye for detail and an understanding of what a whole look is supposed to do that is clearly there. Um, yeah, and she's not doing a big billowing skirt. It's like she has the right fabric for it, but it's cinched in the center, so it's almost moving like these two panels of fabric, like a front one and a back one. Yeah. But And her waist is perfectly cinched, and it's tailored to her waist perfectly, and then she has the cape. And you would think the disparateness with the skirt would feel off, but it feels like it makes sense on this elongated, sort of gangly queen. Yeah. And then she has the structure around the leg that looks like the structure of a hoop skirt, but they're for the individual leg, which is like an odd flipping of reality that weirdly works. Some of the lower body details feel like things Michelle Visage could clock, but they're so obviously intentional yeah, and make sense in like the fantasy world of Utica that it, it yeah. does work. Totally. I, I, don't, totally. I don't know. All right. So now we're up to the performance. Um, we learned a lot about Tamisha. Just a great. Oh, uh, there, that is a lifetime movie. I want to watch. I liked the girls chatting in the workroom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, part of this episode, I thought it was very fun. Yeah, uh, for for all of the the kind of structural nonsense, they do all seem to have genuinely bonded pretty quickly. And I wonder if that also might be an artifact of they probably all had to quarantine together for a couple of weeks before uh, filming even started. So they probably spent even more time with each other um, than we're seeing on camera. But it shows. It's it's and it's fun to watch. I agree. I agree. I do appreciate that they're responding positively to have, for the most part, to having an older queen with kids there. I do feel like, um, you know, I feel like the early seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race, we had a few queens where it was like, they had kids and then they came out and they're like a father and it was sort of an NBD, like that, that happens. Like, I feel like Gen X gays were not shocked by the like sometimes somebody like gets married and has kids young and then is like i'm gay and comes out and like is still a parent and now working drag queen and that's like a reality that we would see and so it's fascinating because season two no one cared season 13 it's like what um but i thought that whole discussion was interesting what yeah totally no yeah i definitely agree it's going to be interesting to see how Tamisha settles in. Like, she's clearly used to being a mother. And it's it's fun to watch. Like, she's obviously very good at it and has a lot of experience doing it. Um, but I, I think there's an element uh, to that kind of caring that puts you in a pattern of putting yourself last. Like, you don't get to focus on yourself at all, maybe ever, depending on how this dynamic works. And I think that might be what was eventually missing from her performance, like that real focus on herself and her star power and her right to be here and her arc in this competition. So I'm hoping she finds a way to, without abandoning, like obviously what is clearly part of her actual personality, um, just not slipping into a routine where she caretakes so much for everyone else that she doesn't take care of herself. Yes, which would be an interesting thing to just explore, but I don't want them to like say that and send her home second. Yeah, totally. Um, spoiler alert, 
she is Lala Ray's drag mom. No, I, I haven't, I, like, yeah, I haven't done a deep dive. I, I followed everyone on Instagram, but I haven't, like... She is Lala Ray's drag mother. And no, and they haven't said it on the show yet? Oh, it's going to be so much fun when it when they discuss it. I'm curious. I really hope they don't, like, I'm telling you that. I hope it's at least, like, two minutes of something. I hope they don't just, like, let that pass. Um, I feel like it has to come up on some level. Well, I guess when they all run into each other... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, plenty of opportunity. I hope the editors choose to keep any of that in or yeah. ask any questions about it. So we'll see. Oh, amazing. Um, right? I'm I'm, I'm excited, but I don't want to get my hopes up too high. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. It's abundantly clear by my description of it. Yeah, I'll just say of the rehearsal, I do think it's funny. It was funny, and I do think, like, Gen Xers are way more comfortable with direct communication, and millennials take everything as, like, a passive-aggressive slight, and... Watching that to me, where it was like, they're just brainstorming, and everybody's taking it as like a slight and a power struggle, because you cannot possibly suggest an alternative or something that might be easier without it being like a whole power grab. I love Tamisha being totally silent for like 40 minutes, and then being like, all right, you children are done passive-aggressively arguing. Here are some ideas that make sense. Um, I just... I saw some of myself in that. <laughs> Not surprising to anyone who knows me. No, or has watched you interact with your family. Absolutely not. No. All right, so now it's on to the performances. Um, Denali was great. She spat those words out. It was hilarious. Absolutely. Her rhymes were really good. Um, just, I agree. Just, yeah, top to bottom, great fucking performance. Probably my favorite of the group. Yeah, Absolutely. Review, I mean, yeah. I think, I think yeah. she was... I think she was head and shoulders above the rest. The rosé, I would say, was definitely the one on her tails and did a very good job as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously has good vocals. Uh, Denali, like, killed it at the top, set the bar super high. Rosé got close and nobody else got even remotely close. Um, I will say I did really like Joey J's section. Good dancer, had real stage presence, was very focused on the dance and the eye contact, so you can tell she has that history. I love her, like, thunder thigh, big butt, lower body, pear-shaped woman padding choices, just generally. Yeah. I don't like... I think it's cute that she's like, I work at a tech company. I do, like, drag brunch on the weekends in, like, Tucson. I know that I'm going to be seen as a filler queen coming into this cast. Filler queen. I think her telling herself that, like, I've got a chance. I'm going to do my best is great. I think her labeling herself to us filler queen plot twist as in like I know I look like a filler queen but I'm going to go far is like you don't got to tell us you're a filler queen. I, I don't know. Like what do you, what do you think of that? I, I liked uh, I think Joey J this was Joey J's strongest performance maybe second strongest look for me. Yeah, no, it was it was good. It was a I don't think she she certainly didn't uh get at the level of Denali and Rosé for this one, but I think she definitely showed she's not nothing. Like, she she definitely has some talent. She has talent and charisma, and it will... You never know where the, the magic fairy of the growth arc will land, and after this performance, there's no reason it couldn't be her. I agree. I agree. Kamora Hall, I love that you could hear... In 2020, those vowels, that's a Chicago accent. Um, 
you could hear it. She had, like, her singing didn't even see, sound like singing Chicago's Mackie Doll. It sounded like she said it, just, like, stretched it out. Um, she, she's not a dancer. She's not a singer. She definitely wasn't commanding doing that. I stand by my, she's a great model. That was, that performance was, like, indisputably to me the lowest. Oh, yeah. Quality. Yeah. Um, Tamisha Iman, I feel like she had a good verse and dance, but she, it felt like she was doing that dance at like a C minus energy. And it was a little like, girl, I need you to like Texas weather girl, tell yourself energy right before you do this. Like if she just did that with a little more vivacity, it would have. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her, all of it was like, it, uh, you, you said it was like a C minus energy, but it still came out to be like a B, maybe B plus performance, but yeah. there's an A in there. And I really hope she finds it because it will be glorious to behold. I, and I think she's just such, like, she's older, and I think she's so calm and centered that it's, like, it's literally, like, I need you to do the same thing, but, like, with more energy. Like, look more aggressive as you're doing it. Like, that or, um, get, a, that or get a bump off one of the PAs or something. Just something yeah, just... drink a Red Bull. Like, yeah. um, I stand by it, Texas weather girl. Energy. energy. Yes, yes. Um... I liked Utica's on a number of vectors. I liked I liked her outfit, her wig, and like there's something about her like she has very long limbs and is very kind of bendy. Gangly. And yeah, thank you, gangly. And with that wig, and maybe maybe it's primarily because of the choice of wig, she was giving me like a little bit of Katya, like that kind of weird, bizarrely energetic uh, acrobat vibe that I really positively responded to, and. She, she has it. She definitely has that, like, compelling performer quality that will She's support. very aware of her physicality. Yes. That, and that's what makes... I think that's what makes me think of Katya, too. Not not just the, the you know, uh, yeah, yeah. wig. But, like, yeah. She, she will be able to sell a bunch of these things because underlying it is, like, a very thoughtful, executed performance. Yes. That will paper over a lot of like any missteps or learning curve because like the thing on the stage makes you happy to watch. Yeah. I honestly, I hate, this is so bitchy, but running through it, I do feel like Denali killed it. Rose came close to killing it. Three other girls did a very good job. And then Kimora Hall, it felt like, I mean, I feel bad for her because I feel like the worst performance up there other than hers was like a B. Yeah. And hers was definitely an F. Um, so, um, moving on from there. All right, uh, let's take a quick break and then take it to the runway. Hi. We don't have any sponsors yet, but I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you about Fiber for Bottoms. I believe it was the great English adventurer Winnie the Pooh who once said, if you stick your hand in the honeypot, sometimes you're bound to find bees. But rest assured, Fiber for Bottoms is here to evacuate that problem from your life. Like the forthcoming environmental catastrophe or a terrifying alien invasion, Fiber for Bottoms is determined to eliminate your native bee population. The proprietary blend of chia, flaxseed, and celia husk will gather all those bees up into one massive salubrious swarm and push them out of that black hole and into the stratosphere turning that black hole pink honey and leaving you with the sweetest honey pot in all of West Hollywood. 
so don't be a dirty little piglet. Exterminate those bees and keep that honeypot sweet with fiber for bottoms. And we're back. And at the runway, let's talk about another just home run from from Miss Charles this week. Ugh. I love that wig. Um, I have two red wigs from the same red lot, a uh, wig line that are like, it's a wig line that has like a number of shades and these are two reds that are next to each other. So one's a little darker and a little more auburn, but they're like so similar. And I honestly have thought, could I get like a third and can, and sew the three together for a Halloween look and pretty much create this wig silhouette that she has here? I loved it last week. I love it this week. I hope we're seeing a lot of this wig. Yeah, she was like just this. luminous this week. Oh my God. Just, yeah, no. ugh. Um, also delighting the fuck out of me, the return of Nicole Byer, who I listen, she makes like 94 podcasts and I listen to all but the one about 90 Day Fiance because that show outrages me. Um, but for a person who I spend like about a third of my week with her in my ear, I am always so happy to see her. <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, did you pay attention to what Rue said about her being a part, part of, the of the family, family. now and Ugh. always welcome back? I because okay, so I know that they had to have a smaller quarantine circle for judges. So Nicole Byer is a judge multiple times this season. I'm I don't so know if happy. That means two. I don't know if it means four. I hope I don't it means know. eight. But uh, me too. But honestly, when Ruth said that, I was like, honey, the way you've got this Ross Matthews uh, Carson rotation, if Nicole Byer can be, if she's like, I mean, I would love to see her be somebody in the like um, Jamal Sims, Todrick Hall. Like, I would like her to be somebody who's on at least four times every Yeah, season. million percent. Sure. Her commentary, it's like, She's clearly, obviously, a real fan. Like, she loves this. She's she's the best kind of performer because she always wants everyone to do well. Like, I like that she judges like a coach. Yes, yes. She it, really wants the best for them. She's also somebody who's a super drag fan who's been going to drag shows. She went to AMDA. Half the drag queen population in uh, New York went to AMDA. She has been going to drag shows since college and loves drag, including, like, weird arty drag. She's a super fan of not just this show, but of, of drag, this, like, yeah. Of drag. And she sees and feels a real sisterhood with drag performers. And she is there to love, to worship, but also to, like, give constructive criticism. And she's so funny and loving the whole time she does it. Like, I loved I loved having her here. And she's also, like, the best kind of improv performer because totally. it's... Totally. He gets the goal is to make this like thing together and how do we make the choices that get us to that thing quickly and mm -hmm. successfully like yeah just like given that her like stage persona like her nailed it persona is kind of just very kind of like loud and everything is funny and silly yeah I, it's so delightful that it's so supported by probably easily top three in terms of like sharpest commentary Totally. Oh, to completely. completely. Love it. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I heard it from, I think, Dragger last week that she was on many episodes this season. I'm like, can she be on every episode? Like, <laughs> Completely, completely. I, I would love her to be part of the rotation, at yeah. least to be in four times a season. All right. I'm, I'm leaving you to host this episode, so just yeah. take us to the runway. Okay, so uh, the looks are all sheer. Can you hear my Chicago accent? Okay, so... 
I get Denali's. It, it does read, and not in like a bad way, but it does read like a figure skating costume. I think the pedals are falling in such a way that it actually makes it look not sheer. I so, agree. They, like, they layer on one another in a way that... the the Here's the thing. The prompt is sheer. I don't dislike the dress, and I understand that this is sheer material. What I don't like is the overall visual impact seeing her. You don't think sheer. What I think she needed to do is instead of letting the petals fall, maybe make it like a poofier skirt. Like if it had structure, then the sheer elements would be like stiff and out and be able to refract more light. Does that make sense? Here's the thing. This is a fine dress and it is a sheer fabric. Overall, you want the sheerness to be part of the visual impact. Yeah. And this isn't. There's a thousand ways to do a sheer look that it is part of the actual silhouette and visual impact of it on stage. Yeah. This isn't it. There's 12 different things she could have done. Um, I mean, 20 different things she could have done. I just, I wish that it was the look where when you saw it go down the runway, you noticed that it was sheer, not just like technically clocking. Well, all of those individual pieces are sheer. That's not it. Right. Agreed. Uh, what do you think of Joey J? Um, I liked it. I didn't love it. I feel like this reads like something she probably has in her like drag brunch lip sync arsenal. That's a good visually impacting on stage. Here's the thing. This is the kind of look you're going to get a lot of tips from the straight girls that drag brunch in this because it's so shimmery. It's slutty in a playful way. The, all of the um, tassels has so much visual impact as you move. It's great. It is sheer. It's fine. I think it's the sheer thing she already had. Yeah. She wears it well. And this was uh, the, of the, th- of the fourth thing she walked down the runway. I think this would have been the time to break out a wig just to deflect the commentary, you know, is coming. And I, I, can I be honest with you? Yeah. I honestly think I would have liked that look a lot more with a wig. Yeah. I think the visual impact of it would be a lot greater with the wig. Whereas like her vamp look, I think just the red short boy oh, hair. Oh, absolutely. That was, was a cohesive look. Fucking it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that hair goes with that outfit. This hair doesn't go with this outfit. They're not part of the same idea. Completely. All right. Next we have Kamora Hall. What did you think? I, I The dress is beautiful. I mean, take it as red. She, she, I don't think she owns an ugly dress. I think an ugly dress would spontaneously burst into flames when it touched her body, obviously. Um, will you will you take back your a garment wore her comment? Like, look at look at this woman wearing this dress. This is an incredibly impeccable dress. And just watching this clip again, she's a she's a model. She's Linda Evangelista. This is a beautiful dress, and she like you can say whatever you el- else you want about Kamora Hall. She is a model. Okay, I will. No, none of these garments have worn her i will rephrase i I think the criticism stands that there is not more to the look yet than the garment the garment is the narrative focus it is clearly what she is most invested in i she models them extremely well i will i will absolutely agree with that but i'm not getting more than a discussion about the garment yet which is different than the dress wearing her and i agree that's fair i don't like this wig um it's a dolly wig on a shared dress. It is a dolly wig on a shared dress. And she has such a small, fine-featured face that it does truly feel like 
I am going to look like a fucking China doll and make the rest of you look like a bunch of six foot five men in wigs. Yeah. Like, that is, that, like, her having such small fine features that she does paint very well. No, I don't care how long it takes her. Um, and then wearing these massive, like, Dolly Parton in the 70s wigs is like, okay, I get it. You're a China doll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Rosé, I did not like this again. There, I said it. I'm glad I, I, this is a safe space and I need to be honest. I just didn't, like, the fact that it was, like, see-through plastic, again, the way it's bunched together, much like Denali's dress, kind of obscures the fact that any individual element is sheer. It is also clearly a white, like, muslin dress or a bodysuit under the plastic, where if you wanted to do this as a sheer challenge, the the body you don't suit, have that under right it should yeah. be it should be a nude something under so that, that plastic notice the sheerness of it more right yeah it's like i look through the plastic and i don't see skin i see white and i'm like well that's off um yeah the the arms don't feel like they go with the with the dress like the the they don't they yeah, don't yeah they don't so no i i feel like this this is a lot of sheer material and I'm not even going to say I get where she was going. I feel like I see three ideas that then got melted together into something that didn't really yeah. work. Visually, overall, it's just a garment. Um, the, like the, the weird sleeve things feel completely detached. It's a lot of sheer material. I'm not really thinking sheer when I see it in terms of visual impact. I'm sure that there's a place for those sleeve things and there's a place for the, this dress by itself. But this wasn't it. This didn't yeah. really do what it was trying to do. I mean, yeah. I feel like this look... She should keep that dress. Yeah. Th this look is a failure for me. I was going to say, there's like an 80s or plastic or neon challenge that that would sing for. It's just not the sheer challenge. And it, in this picture, it's really unfortunate you're standing next to Tamisha, who... Oh my god. I'm not saying she should have been in the top two this week, but ooh, boy, did she make as strong an argument with that dress as she possibly could. Perfection. Every time the light was anything other than like full front on her was this like diaphanous, gauzy piece of heaven. Just everything about this dress is perfect, and she moved beautifully in it, and I, I think I'm in love. Couldn't have said it any better myself. I agree with you completely. Oh, God. What and, like, even that, like, the poof, the, like, flower. It's the kind of oversized, um, it's like a bow situation. Thank you. I front. couldn't remember the word for bow. There is something <laughs> about it where it feels like, it feels like this should be too big or obstructing you or obstructing your silhouette in a way that feels like it's too much or it's taking away. And, like, somehow the way that it's angled to, like, highlight a hourglass figure yeah. It it isn't too much at all. It works no. completely. And I, I love both Rue and Nicole being like, I want to rip that dress off you and take it home with me. Yeah. I kinda want to. It's just Oh, oh yeah, no, no. And I love that she made it herself and I love that it is it is in and of itself a stunning piece of fashion that right away you can clock with a lower body that is sheer fabric. Yeah. From anywhere it is celebrating sheer fabric. Which yeah, is, you're supposed it's, to be doing. Yes, yeah, it's just oh god, keep her around forever because I just want to see more of her. Me too. 
And lastly, we have Utica's look. What did you think? It was a miss for me. It's not like I don't think it was badly done. I don't. I didn't quite get sheer from it. A little more when she moved. When she's just standing there, it kind of loses it. Um, it's very on brand. I get the idea. I just don't think it came off as well as it um, could have. I completely agree with you. Um, I think that it makes sense for Utica and has a little bit of dark lady meets uh, flower child, which is an interesting combination to go for. Absolutely. Um, I think that's like an interesting idea. I do think you can tell that it's sheer as she, she walks. It's weird enough that that's not what you focus on, but it is clear as she walks that these are sheer fabrics, which is important. So it, it hit the nail on the head in that way. I do think there is something unconventional about this sort of layering of black and then floral scarf and then black and floral scarf that is unconventional and interesting. I think this look would have worked if she chose a color for a color palette for the floral scarf and that was it. So if it was like just blue and black, just yeah. like pink floral scarf and black, it could have landed in a way that felt more cohesive and intentional yeah um as it is now it doesn't i see where she's going i think it's interesting i like her it didn't quite land where i think she would have wanted it to and i think that the floral i truly think if she just picked one of these scarves six times and then that's what i'm doing with the top of my head and my makeup yeah it would have worked and it didn't work yeah i think pink would have been the choice because the way that pink looks against her complexion and pink lipstick and the pink hat. I think pink scarves would have been the choice. Yeah. So that that was my thought on it. It it wasn't like it's not like Rose's where I'm like, this was uh, a fail. Yeah, but it, it was, was a, it was a, her dress was weaker than her performance, but her performance was very was very good. And her dress was kind of somewhere in the okay range. So she still I think comes out looking good after this episode. Like, yeah, I, 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 she, I do think that we have a season of strong queens, so almost all of them are coming out looking good. Yeah, yeah. She, she's definitely rebutted the idea that she's too quirky to to play the game. I agree. Okay, so uh, Denali and Rosé are the winners, and that feels like the performance weighted more. I agree, because I had... Honestly, I like Denali, and I'm excited for her to represent Chicago well on this season. She seems to have a lot going for her. I do like her. I was not impressed with her runway choices across the board this week, but her performance in the her performance was clearly the standout performance. This Absolutely, week. yeah, yeah. And I feel like Rose had um, only one look that I honestly thought was a fail, and two that were good, and had the best performance. Yeah, I was gonna like I said, I think if I had to round out, a, like I think Joey J was consistently third-ish for the entire day. And that Tamisha Mon's dress... Yeah. Tamisha Mon's dress was so good. It's one of those... Even if her performance was a B, I think Tamisha's dress was so good, you could make an argument that she might deserve a spot in the top two. But... I see, like, I see putting Rosé there. The performance... Her performance was... Like, it was one, two, then a gap of some size, Joey J, Tamisha Utica, another gap, Kamora. So Tamisha came as close as she was going to get with that dress to put her in the top two, but I basically agree with the top two. 
I don't know if I agree with the top. I mean, my feeling is the performance is obviously what mattered. Like you, yeah. you chose the top two based on performance because if you were really weighing the runways, I don't think this is the choice you would be making. Um, so who would it would it be Denali and who else for you? Can I be honest? You want to say Joey J, don't you? It would be Rose and Joey J because Denali's runways were that bad. Interesting. Her first look, that like platinum wig with sprayed on yellow on platinum really didn't work for me. The dress itself was fine, though you were right about those tights. I didn't clock that. They were they weren't just sagging, they were fucking shredded. Um and her sheer look was a figure skating dress she obviously had that has sheer material that you really can only tell if you're making a point to pay attention to that that even though her performance like killed it two of the three runways mm-hmm. to me were bad okay um That's... like bad enough to knock her out okay you see yeah because i was trading out rosé for for someone else that's that's fast and you know i like denali and i think rosé yeah. like lacks star quality yeah uh, yeah no i i i want to be perfectly clear i think denali's runways in a vacuum were not bad like terrible terrible but compared to the other we're the worst we're the worst um interesting so like we're the worst by far enough that she wouldn't get the win from me huh okay see this is this is the kind of uh uh you know symposium you really come to reading drag race for look at all these opinions. i know it's a strong statement but it's no, I, really how no, I you, feel. you've given me a lot to think about because i'm here kicking rosé to the side to put tamisha in and you're huh which hmm. makes sense yeah. like i mean you would really have to think denali was no i, I was bested by everybody else on the runway and I really do. I get that. I get that. And, and hey, I clocked both her look. You know what's funny? She should have worn her nighttime look for her sheer challenge. I think I that... I agree. <laughs> I'm sure uh, she has a simple black dress. She could have paired with a red wig and a bold lip choice that would have worked for that runway. Totally. All right. Uh, on to the lip sync itself. It was never close. Like, I think, I think Rosé is a good performer. And there's something about her face when she's singing that I do find uh, compelling. But I think Denali took this one clearly and i'm going to say this so please write this down uh that girl down the street was right um denali gave a performance where she only busted out the comedy for like that one little stretch of the duck walk down the runway and otherwise was was performing the song kind of straight and that was that girl's note for olivia lux last week and i was so mad but i'm sitting here forced to agree with her and acknowledge she was correct (laughs) <laughs> Wait, you were you were mad about that? No, I'm being sarcastic. Okay, I did. I was like, what? Also, I feel like you have no problem saying that girl was right. No, no, I'm Usually. just saying. Like, I, you know, I don't like acknowledging other people having valid opinions. <laughs> you don't like acknowledging other people have valid opinions when they're directly in contradiction with your own. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, da, 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 da. yeah. To me, it's funny you say that because my I was taking a moment to recall the lip sync. But yeah, my takeaway was I felt like Denali just performed the song and had one moment of comedy, but really performed the song. Yeah. And for me, it felt like Rosé was trying to be funny about it the whole time, but is a totally competent lip singer. And for me, it was like, this is not the move. This isn't funny enough. And what you're doing isn't funny enough for this to be the focus. And comedy comes from the unexpected. So if you were just performing it earnestly and then interjected 
two to five jokes if you really feel like going comedy. That would be better. It felt like um, Rosé... For me, it felt like I already know Rosé could do an earnest lip sync of this well. And she's choosing not to because she wants to be different and funny. And it kind of felt like watching somebody for three minutes stand in front of like an 18-wheeler coming right at them. I was like, you don't have to do this to yourself. Like, that that was my feeling. Was Denali clearly won... Rosé made the bad choice by trying to play straight comedy. This is yeah. not the song to do that with. Yeah. So. Um, so here we are. Obviously, no eliminations. Those start next week. And I'm going to I want at least two, even three girls to go home next week. Like, as much as I've gotten to know them all, I feel if they had a, if it were not just, you have to not just survive not being the bottom or even the bottom two, but a bottom three to not really be on the chopping block. I think that would really tie together what's otherwise what has been a very satisfying introductory arc to the season. Um, I think this is how this show should start. I think that it's better for it to start where we get to get to know them well enough yes. to care. Because first episode, somebody goes home and you're like, it, it, best case scenario, you're like, she seemed funny. Generally, whatever. Um, a lot of times it's the girl who seems like, she probably shouldn't have been here in the first place, a little out of her league, whether or not she's aware of it. Um, self-awareness for drag queens, it's a touch-and-go situation. Um, I feel like this is how this should be because we get to see them enough and know them enough that even if they go home next week, we like there's a whole person behind them that we've seen enough of to get a sense of who they are. Yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting. Frankly, I would like them to have some sort of format that keeps girls around a few episodes in so nobody leaves totally unknown um i do think it's funny that you're like and now i'm ready for them to to send three of them home right away is this because you're like well we need to get going ladies well yeah i mean i think they're gonna have to have a couple of episodes with more than one elimination otherwise we're just gonna for sure we're gonna be here through the vaccine um and i think it would really hurt like it's one of here's the thing that what, ex- oh, you you think it would really hurt if they sent home two or three? Yeah, right I would now. really feel it. It would be it's like not hurt. Are the you show, like I, mean, I, hurt- I want the defined pain? Yeah, I, th- it's like it's like when you sit down to watch Titanic. It's like you know he's gonna die, but that's that's why we're here. I want that bittersweet longing moment. Like I want to feel bad in this specific way because it's earned. Like if they send at least two queens home next week, I'm gonna be like, I really don't want, except maybe Tina Burner. I don't want any of you to go home. You're all actually at least minimally entertaining in a way that I would absolutely tip you uh, whenever I'm allowed to see other people. I think Kimora Hall is out of her league and I like her enough that I don't, like, I don't want her to go. Yeah, um, totally. Which is fascinating. Yeah. I, I'm going to say this. I definitely think two girls will be going home on an episode soon, probably next week. If they ever send like, we're sending three of you home now. I think that will be too much for me. And I'll be like, what? What? Like, I think I would not receive that well. I'll just say that. But we'll we'll see. Um, two other things I did want to talk about from this episode. I did like that Kimora Hall talked about having a boyfriend where it was like, he. D- I don't think he wants to date like... A full-time drag queen. Like I'm dating a full-time drag queen. So I've, I've kept my drag very like separate and like almost hidden from him for I like keep everything in like a storage locker near my apartment. Like the whole thing is like, I, I like feel this responsibility to hide it from him. 
And they've been together eight years. I feel like that's a conversation or a conflict that needs to happen. Like hearing that. Yeah, you need to have that meeting. Yeah, because you're on Drag Race now. You know what you do full-time now? Drag. Yeah, she's been doing this for over 10 years, for about 10 years, I think. But it's, like, been a, like, I do it, like, two weekends. Yeah, and I just feel like a conversation needs to happen. Like, oh, my God, can you imagine, like, getting home from the show and then thinking, oh, the fact that I restrained myself in doing this for 10 years meant I'm behind the curve for any other queen with 10 years of experience, like... If it, like, she may, knows that already. Like, like maybe you should just already. break up, but if you don't, be careful that that resentment doesn't poison the well, because it really it, easily could. I think it already has. Um, I also, I suspect, I think that the gay community has become a lot more open-minded in recent yeah. years. That yeah. I, I honestly wonder if this is a, the boyfriend felt that way eight years ago. Right. They, and now he's maybe embarrassed by that sentiment they yeah. haven't talked about it yeah. in like eight years and it's this weird like approach avoidance don't ask don't tell thing yeah also we're not straight people we don't have to be in relationships with fundamental foundational disagreements just because that's not that's not that's not our path um <laughs> unfortunately for many of us it actually is but that should that is doesn't have to be anybody's path um and i hope that by having this aired on television kimura has had an uncomfortable conversation that hopefully brings her to a better place. Yeah. Um, but I will, I gotta give the girl this. She seemed like an unreasonable perfectionist making people restart the whole dance rehearsal from missing one fucking step that I was like, Jesus, this girl. But boy, did she figure out a way after all these seasons of Drag Race to produce a, a compelling storyline for herself that we've never seen before in just that way and it was well done kudos to her yeah she may take forever she may overthink things she may be utterly unreasonable in a dance rehearsal but she's not dumb (laughs) um and secondly i love that ross matthews almost said crafty because i almost sent him a constructive but critical DM last year when he used the word crafty, I think on a crystal method look. Um, And he was like, well, I got dragged for using crafty. And I know Nicole Byer commented on her podcast quite critically of that word choice. So I loved that whole interaction. I love that he was basically taught. You really have to be careful when using that fucking loaded term with drag queens. And also being like, it's not a bad thing. Well, you've used it as a bad thing in ways that have put girls in the bottom before. So I loved that whole moment. I was like, I'm so glad I don't have to say that DM. He did subsequently say some things that were kind of worse looking for euphemisms. But he's on the path. (laughs) Any thoughts on either of these? I I just loved watching Nicole bang on the plexiglass. That made me giggle. Deserved. Like, I'm not advocating bullying, but I am advocating educating aggressively. (laughs) All right. I think that's it for me. Anything else? Okay. No, Um, we've really, we covered this episode from head to toe. I hope you girls enjoyed it. Yeah. And I've enjoyed watching it. This has been a consistently very entertaining season. And even as much as I am annoyed by Tina Burner, I can't deny she obviously has some core set of talents. Um, Like... Olivia is un- is unpolished, but is effervescent and luminescent and very other 
kinds of essence. Um, yeah. Kimura is also so, uh, par- oh, maybe a little out of her league, but is not is certainly she is certainly turning out entertaining drag looks. Um, and it's like there's just no one here where I'm like, oh God, Kelly Mansell, go home. Um, so <laughs> I just picked one at random. wasn't specifically for her. Just any of that class where you just go, nope, not ready. Um, so yeah, I really I really enjoyed the season so far, and I to the point that I'm like. Now I want you to hurt my feelings when you send them home. <laughs> well, it's inevitably going to hurt now. And yeah. I want to be invested in these girls and their future. And I am. The only person where I'd feel nothing if they went home but relief would be Tina Burner. Yeah. Like, like, don't don't hurt me as bad as when you sent Honey Davenport home because I still haven't recovered from that one yet. I haven't even brought that up with my therapist. That one's like a real real soft spot for, for me emotionally and I haven't really finished processing it but just like a step back from hurting me that deeply hurt me that deeply <laughs> wow alright and with that again thank you everyone so much for listening I've been Condé Nasty I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch bye, bye.